You're listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show, with Blake and Lawson, broadcasting live from Helsinki, Finland, from Rano, uh, Australia. No, no, so, no, no. No, not Rano? No. no, it's Toronto. Toronto. Like, Toronto. I know what you're trying to do, Toronto. like, you're trying to give it, like, a nickname or something, but that's the wrong one. Uh, Ronto. Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> no, That'd be no, no. so funny. Blake goes down, uh, goes down to Toronto pub, and in the most American accent, goes, "What's up, my Ronty people?" <laughs> <laughs> Good day, Ronties. <laughs> Amazing, Blake. Oh, what did you meet up to? You didn't hang out with us yesterday. Yeah, no, sorry about that. So I've been traveling from Koivuko to mm-hmm. all the way to Helsinki. Then I literally wow. went to another country, uh, Estonia. I went Ooh. to Estonia, and I've been in Estonia all day. I'm wearing a hat. I don't know if you can see it or not, but I'm wearing an Estonian hat right now, and it's such an amazing country. We went to this town called Tallinn. There's an old town there. We saw a bunch of churches. It's probably mm. one of the most preserved old European towns. Is one of the only ones that was never bombed in World War Two, oh. and it just has this vibe there that is just really, really cool. The Plus, not what bombed guys, vibe. What did you guys get up to, uh, you and Monica, yesterday? Well, well we did a radio. Uh, we talked about all kinds of things, you know, <laughs> in in the world, uh, yep. in the Bible, for example. We talked, we talked, and we're going to talk uh, in our Bible study today. We've been talking about poverty this week. And Ooh, how, yes. as we've been talking about managing for the master, how the Bible, how God deals with poverty. So it's been super interesting, really amazing while you're away. Uh, but I would say just as great to have you back. Like, wow, thanks. The only compliment I've ever given you. You're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate all the love, Lawson. Appreciate all the love. Coming up on Faith FM, nearly 5,000 children abused by Portugal's Catholic Church after a recent investigation finds priests as main perpetrators before Pope's pending arrival in Lisbon. Also, the Chinese government is now accusing the U.S. of sending spy balloons over China after the fourth object has been shot down over North America, which is increasing political tensions between the two nations. Getting wild. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. With Blake and Lawson. Lawson has got the coolest face happening right now. And uh, I, I'm not sure if I came in before or not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lawson. Uh, but we are back on Faith FM, The Breakfast Show, right here from Helsinki, uh, Finland. Also, Lawson from the land down under, and we're doing the show all throughout Australia. Two places that we want to shout out today, Highfields, Queensland, 87.6. Thank you for listening to the show this morning. And also, Kaujanap, Western Australia. I, mm. I hope I said that the right way. It sounds reasonably close. Kaujanap, I think. Kaujanap. Okay, yeah. so oh, I am listening to Faith FM and Kaujana. If we got anyone uh, out there, give us a call. Yes, yeah, definitely. It. Give us a call. 0491-064-669. Send us a text. Give us a call. Let us know you're listening in Highfields, Queensland, or Kaujana, Western mm. Australia. Lawson, give us some clues for the quiz. Okay, our quiz today, our first clue is, I am the father of Zimram, Jokshan, and Midan. 
If you know who that is, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And our prizes for this week, the amazing prize. We've got two books. One is called Simply Put, 28 Fundamental Beliefs, What God Has Been Saying by Lauren Wade. And essentially what this book serves to do is to show 28 uh, clear beliefs from the Bible doctrinally. You know, when you ask the question, well, what does the Bible say about death? What does the Bible say about salvation? What does the Bible say about this, that, or the other? There's these key topics in the Bible, and this book is all about codifying them and showing clearly what they are. The other one I have here is called Letters from a Skeptic. I mentioned yesterday, this is a book that I read when I was a brand new Christian. And essentially, there's a son, and he wrestles or he explains to his father why it is that he has become Christian and his dad keeps asking him questions about. I'm not going to spoil what happens throughout the book, though. You're going to have to try and win it. 0491-064-669. And that book, by the way, it's like real letters of them going back and forth and asking and answering questions. Super, super interesting, written by Greg and Edward Boyd. But again, that number, 0491-064-669. I am the father of Zimram, Jokshan, and Medan. So if you get it right on this one, you get 500 points. And from here, the clues will get easier, but you get less points. And if you answer wrong, you're done. So you don't get play the, the win. Hey, Lawson, I just wanted to go on record here. Are you willing to say that if you have triplets, you will name them those names? No. No. I wouldn't be willing to do that. What I would names? like I would like to. Zimran, Jokshan, and, and B Dan. Sorry. Zimran, Jokshan, and B Dan. Man, that though if you have triplets, I really want to encourage you. And I if if you think that Lawson should have triplets and name him, name all of them those names, please text us at 0491064. There's other trios in the Bible. I, I can name them triplets. Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Dude, that's a good, that's true. But then I, one of your son's names would be Ham. That's right. And, you know. That's not, that's not good. Not in today's world. Cursed uh, <laughs> as well. But, hey, let's have a look at, well, we have positively... Yeah, this one, though. This one. Shell is writing up some names on the screen. Nupam Hupam and what's the other guy's name? Uh, Rodham? No, it's like different. It says Nupam Hupam and Ard. That's right. That's so good. Hupam and Ard, the triplets, the the original tripskis from the OT. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Well, we have some positively different news today because... Today it's it's positively different. We're gonna we're gonna be doing a day of of serious serious news today. We're gonna be covering a I'm gonna be covering right now a story that I didn't get to complete yesterday. I didn't get to talk about because we talked so much about Turkey, uh, but it's essentially the big changes happening in the worldwide Church of England. So Church of England has Anglican, influ- right? It's Anglican, but then there's some oh. divide there between Anglicanism and Church of England, but it's Church of England, it's Church of England, essentially. Uh, and they, well, obviously come from England. They have their, their roots in, uh, King Henry VIII and what was happening in England in that time. They were one of the first Protestant churches, but also, 
their worldwide church has come to the conclusion, has fully decided to uh, officiate and accept same-sex marriages. This has wow. been the the step that has taken in the worldwide church. Now, in Anglic within Anglicanism in Australia, this has been a push for a, a long time, and the majority of Australian Anglicanism or Church of England accepts same-sex marriage pretty much except for in the area of Sydney. In the area of Sydney, you've got a more evangelical group of Anglicanism that doesn't that yeah doesn't want to participate. But the yeah the worldwide church of the Church of England has accepted as a whole to bless uh, same-sex unit unions, to accept same-sex clergy, and there's no longer a requirement. Whoa, whoa, whoa. For so not, we're not even just talking about we're not even talking about doing marriages. We're now also saying so same-sex clergy, mm-hmm. same-sex marriages, mm-hmm. and what was the third one? Uh it's essentially yeah, same sex clergy, same sex marriages, and yeah, that those things can be blessed. Uh, this came as a result of the the dis uh, annihilation of they have this thing is called it's a document. I was just reading about it. Uh, it was it's essentially this document that was created. It's called Human Sexuality, and okay. that document was they just released this. Well, it already existed. This document was clearly outlining their, the biblical view of sex and marriage. And they have said that we will no longer keep in regard as a worldwide church the human sexuality document. And as a result of that, that means that, for example, uh, same-sex priests who already exist within the church, but they were required to be celibate, um, so if you were a same-sex priest, you had to be celibate. That's no longer a requirement. Really? So, yeah, all the clergy is allowed to be same-sex. All the members are allowed to be same-sex. And now there are people on the side of wanting this to happen that are super, super stoked. Uh, I was reading one quote. He's like, hey, well, finally, they've finally woken up to what the world's like today and done the done the right thing. This is from one of the supporters within the Anglican church. I was uh, actually just uh, thinking at, when you just said they finally woken up, like the whole go woke, go broke. Yeah, this that's is, right. Th- this is literally like making a decision to say because of the zeitgeist of the the modern day social atmosphere that we live in. It's essentially bowing down to pride. It's bowing down to the movement instead of saying, hey, these are the scriptures. This is the outline for human sexuality. This is what the biblical model for marriage looks like. We're not going to follow that anymore. We're throwing out the the document human sexuality, which Mm -hmm. I haven't read that document, so I'm not even sure if I agree with whatever that document is, but I do know what the scriptures say, Mm -hmm. and they do not support same-sex marriage. You know, like... It is the just church, the Church clear. of England Evangelical Council, so that's the evangelical wing of the Church of England, they have essentially said this is a lose-lose position for everyone in the Church of England. Uh, the Church's Evangelical Wing, uh, in the move that represents a direction of travel that rejects our historic and biblical understanding of sex and marriage and deepens division and causes deeper hurt. Because essentially, the, the lose-lose situation is that those who are a part of the church 
who don't agree now have to bow down to the whim of the worldwide church. And by accepting this, you cause a, a schism that leads to more and more radical change that is, by definition, unbiblical. But furthermore, essentially, you've just decided to put a gun to the doctrine, to the, to the doctrine, to the, you've put a gun to the head of your denomination and you've pulled the trigger because every single denomination that has made this decision ceases to exist. At some point, it's an inevitable end. It's an inevitable end that they will slide into ceasing to exist because ultimately when you reject truth, you can no longer live. That's, that's, what we're seeing so yeah as an organization you're saying that this is the beginning of the end as the dominoes begin to fall they will fall for the church of england unfortunately you're listening to the breakfast joe podcast on faith fm positively different morning live from finland and australia at the same exact time thanks to some cool new technology and producer shell behind the scenes making it all happen with the click of a button Please text us at 0491064669 if you know the answer to these clue questions. That's right. Here we go. Who am I for 400 points? I married a woman named Katura. Oh, if you know who this is, 0491064669. And if you answer correctly, you go into the draw to win our amazing, awesome, incredible, fantastic books for this week. We have Simply Put by Lauren Wade. And then we have the father-son duo teaming up for the amazing book, Letters from a Skeptic, as well. So if you would like these books... Again, that number, 0491-064-669. And that question for 400 points, that clue for 400 points, I am married a woman named Katura. Looking for Katura's hubby. Is that correct? That's right. Yep. Katura's hubby. Ooh, mm-hmm. text it. 0491-064-669. We're going to jump right into some more, uh, unfortunately, sad but necessary stories to be sharing. Mm. A recent report has just come out that over 4,815 children since 1950 have been abused sexually by the Portuguese Catholic Church. That is incredibly sad. It's terrible. The commission investigating the issue said on Monday that 77% of the perpetrators were priests and almost all of the victims were men. Mm. Uh, which is just a pattern of behavior that is terrible and so sad on so many levels. Mm. The a Pedro Stretch, uh, a child psychiatrist who is the head of the commission, says they are so much more than a statistic. And I, I want to genuinely agree with that as well, too. He also says, we want to pay a sincere tribute to those who are abuse victims during their childhood and dared to give a voice to silence. And so this basically pulls the blindfold back from systemic abuse that has been taking place since 1950 uh, with all of these victims uh, of child sex abuse from the Catholic church. You know, Mm. Uh, it is the, the, the report basically says they were abused in the Catholic schools, in the priest's homes, and even in the confessionals, which is just shocking beyond belief. 
Uh, in, in October, the experts working on the report said it had recorded 424 legitimate accounts from presumed victims, and they warned that their testimony indicated the number of victims was even much larger, quote, unquote. So even though they found out that there was 4,800 uh, children that had happened, uh, to they actually believe that the victims are much, much larger. Uh, the accounts found that the serious situations which persisted for decades and in some cases reached epi- epidemic proportions and these thousands of reports of pedophilia with the church have increasingly surfaced worldwide, putting more pressure on Pope Francis mm-hmm. to tackle the issue. He's actually coming to visit Lisbon in August and he's expected to address these issues as well too. Portugal's independent inquiry commissioned by the church began working on its report last year after an investigation in France revealed that about 3,000 priests and religious officials sexually abused more than 200,000 children during the same time period in France. That so, is gnarly. That, it's beyond gnarly. It is, uh, that's, that's not a random statistic. There is a systemic issue that needs to be addressed and reported upon and things need to be changed for the safety of our children because this is unacceptable behavior on every single level. And it is a disservice uh, to the name of Christianity. You know, Mm. these people who are presenting themselves as representatives of Christianity are in actual fact, representatives of Satanism and and a satanic attack on children. I have a question. Like, you know, there was no waiver that anyone signed walking into church that would cover, you know, being abused by a priest. Therefore, like, and if what they've done is illegal, is there any type of reparations that need to take place? As a result of this, are they going to pay? Pe- like, are they going to support? They, what? What is? What do they do? Do people go to jail? Well, um, clearly not. Not right now. And that's what this is. What needs to be changing right now? And I think this goes back to you know Cardinal Pell had his funeral recently, and regardless of whether he was directly involved with uh, the allegations that were committed to him as the cardinal he's in charge of the system that has Mm. created an environment that is unsafe for the children and so this is why it was such a controversial thing that happened in australia with cardinal pell because under his watch his watchful care this tragic systemic abuse continued Mm. to happen and take place without any other issues or without not not other issues but without any other uh, repercussions that would stop this from happening. Mm. So it's just, it's, it's awful. And it's, uh, it's clearly shows that there's something is not right in the system. The system is wrong. It needs to be fixed. Mm. Another, Absolutely. another system that seems to be wrong as well, too, completely different, not religious in any way, but very political, uh, is China is now accusing the United States of flying over 10 balloons over its airspace. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so okay. essentially, the counter argument. Yeah. So four, uh, what we would call spy balloons, have been shot mm-hmm. down just in the last you know few days. 
I, I believe starting on the 4th of uh, February, if I'm not mistaken, I'm almost positive that was the first time that the uh, the first, I don't know what you would call it, the first uh, spy balloon actually uh, happened here mm. on the 4th of February that uh, the fighter pilots shot that one down. Then I think as well, too, so that was the 4th of February. Yeah, I'm seeing that here. The 10th of February, second object being described as about the size of a small car is spotted over the North American Aerospace Defense Command near Alaska, and then that was downed as well, Mm. too. Uh, Then I believe on the 11th of February, a third object, again unidentified but described by U.S. officials as much smaller than the suspected spy balloon, tracked entering U.S. airspace over Alaska before drifting over Canada. And then Canadian officials described the object, which was flying at an altitude of around 40,000 feet, as small and cylindrical, and that it posed a reasonable threat. And then a U.S. F-22 shot that thing right out of the sky. And then then the 12th of February, uh, confirmed another unidentified object had been shot down by fighter jets over Lake Huron on the U.S.-Canada border near Michigan. And this time the object was flying at considerably lower altitude, around only 20,000 feet, which is actually within uh, the flight path of commercial airlines as well, too. So now it's not even just a, uh, mm. a like a spy balloon issue. It's like a passenger flight issue as well, too. And oh, that wow. was shot down by an F-16 jet uh, that was... Uh, sent out because it was in da- it was in the path that can endanger civilian planes, and it was shot down because of that danger as well too. So, China's response to all these, you know, spy balloons, these unidentified quote unquote objects that are being mm. shot down all over North America, both Canada and the U.S. agree they're saying not in our backyard. We're not going to let this happen. And then China's response is, well, actually, the U.S. has sent ten balloons over China. And we're not shooting them mm. down. And I just find it, it's literally, it's almost childish. Honestly, mm. like when I hear this, it's like when you get called out in class or when you know, you're know on the school playground and someone tells on you. And then what you do is you flip the story. And you're like, well, they actually did it first. They're mm. the ones who are doing this. Uh, you mm. know, they're the bad guys. They're the, they're bad the guys. bully. They're the bullies just doing this. It's definitely causing some serious political headaches for everyone at the Pentagon and everyone uh, in China as well, too, as well as in Australia as well, too, because Australia is a lot closer to China than the U.S. And there is a strong connection between the U.S. and America. And that's not just because of my uh, dual citizenship. There's a lot of other connections as well, too. (laughs) You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Where we like to talk about... The matchmaker. <laughs> God? <laughs> yes, God is the ultimate matchmaker, Amen. but you are a bit of a servant in that area as well, too. And we're going to get an unwilling one. An unwilling one. <laughs> unwilling matchmaker. I, I make matches, but not for myself. But and, hey, uh, you gotta hey, start somewhere. Yeah, that's You're right. You're like Yinta and Fiddler on the Roof. That's right. I'm, I'm, in my, I'm, a, I'm in my rookie career right now. In my, you know, I'm on my rookie contract, but soon, you know, I'll move up to the pros and since get you're it done in your myself. element right now on your rookie year, can you do the third question of the quiz? For that's us? that's right. <clears throat> Who am I? God called me a friend. 
If you know who that is, 0491-064-669. That is our third clue. So we're down to 300 points, less points if you answer it correctly now. But if you answer it correctly, you will go into the draw to win Letters from a Skeptic by Greg Boyd, as well as Simply Put by Lauren Way, 28 Fundamental Beliefs. If you would like these books, all you have to do is answer the quiz correctly. To answer the quiz correctly, you just need to call or text us 0491-064-669 and your name will get in the draw. And again, that clue was God called me a friend. So who was a friend of God? If you know, 0491-064-669. I, I feel like I'm a friend of God or I try to be, but I don't think that I match the criteria on those the other two quiz. I don't sure, because there's other other quiz clues like I married a woman named Katura and Blake, you did not do that. I have not married a woman named Katura. I've never met a woman named Katura. So this yes. cannot be me. Have you uh, ever met anyone named Zimram Jokshan or Midan? Only in my dreams from a triplet young man. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Hey, uh, I am here with Mikhail Takama. Am Hello. I saying it right? Yes. The last yes. part there? Yeah, better than last time. Okay, I'm, I'm getting <laughs> better and better. I'm, I'm improving on this. Mikhail, we have had just a, quite an adventure lately. We've been going all over Super the place. You guys came up to Koivako, where the mission trip was happening, and our listeners have been following the journey of Koivako awesome. for a while. But you, I, I just want to talk a little bit really quick. You planted a church that has now become almost a network of churches here yeah. in Helsinki and in Finland called Oikos. Can you just give us a little brief rundown of that for our listeners? Yeah, the Oikos community is a part of the larger mission of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, it's a part of this network called One Year in Mission. And so the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Finland applied for some funding. Um, and we got it, and we started establishing this Oikos community, which is basically a house church, a very small group community, um, emphasis church. And we have been doing that for now, well, started to get close to three years. It's more than two and a half years at this point, at least. And uh, yeah, it's been growing, and we've got to know many new friends, and it's... Uh, quite interdenominational, so there's like a lot of people from different churches attending it and, and calling it home. So it has been a really big blessing to be a part of that. It really is kind of an interesting concept because I, I went there with, I believe her name was Linda. Yeah. And Linda essentially was just kind of showing me around the house uh, and she lives there. Right. As well as a whole bunch of other people as well too. Yeah. And it's like, it's literally a house where a bunch of people live. And then from that place, it is a house church where you study the scriptures, yeah. where you share the gospel, yeah. and where you are planting a church, or it really is already planted. It's growing a church community yeah. from this house that people live at. Yeah, it's very efficient also because the people live literally in the house, which is also the church and kind of like the center of influence. So we have five people currently living there, and we are hoping that the sixth one will join somewhere along the way. But now, yeah. if I'm not mistaken as well, too, 
uh, and I'm just going to, I hope this is okay, but you're taking applications for that sixth person. You guys are looking for a person yeah. to come and live at Oikos yeah. for six months? Yeah, for six months, until the end of August at this point. Okay, so come and, basically to come and volunteer, and what that would involve is they would have a free place to live, yeah. right? and then get a little bit of uh, food yes. as well, too. Not a lot, just yeah. enough to stay <laughs> no, alive. Everybody will get everything <laughs> that they need for living and transportation and, and all of that stuff. But then, um, yeah, the person would uh, just attend everything that happens in the community and not just attend, but just like contribute, participate or create what happens in the, in the community. So run small group, run, run home churches. What if those people don't speak any Finnish? That's no problem because to this year we have the privilege that the um, theme is very international. So the language of the theme is English this year. Okay, so if you're an English speaker and you want to come yeah. to Finland for at least six months until the end of August at this time, yeah. and you can live in Helsinki and be part of the Oikos church community. Yeah. Now I want to say, if someone wants to get involved with that, how would they get a, how how would they get involved with that? Like, how would they communicate with you? Where would they contact you? Instagram. <laughs> okay. You know, because at the moment, I'm I'm just a part timer. In the, in the leadership team. So I actually work only 20%. I, I used to be full time, full time, full time for two years, but Linda is now, uh, has, has overtaken it. And, 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 and like I'm, I'm studying, concentrating on my theological studies. So Linda is now the one who is actually running the, running the house. And I'm, I'm trying to assist with all my strength and time uh, along, alongside there. So with my wife, Oikos house, the Oikos house, I think, yeah. is that the Instagram page? Yeah. The Oikos. The, How do you spell Oikos? Uh, the dot o i k o s house. Okay, got it. Okay, Oikos house. Actually, that's even better. You could send a message there in Instagram because then that would also reach Linda, not only me. Yeah, <laughs> go directly to go right to the source. Yes. That's awesome. The, the dot Oikos house. The dot Oikos house. Yeah. The that's right. Yeah, the, the dot Oikos house <laughs> the. on Instagram. Uh, where. Uh, you can see all the updates and you can check it out. It's a really cool ministry and I got to say it's really exciting. Now today though, we didn't go to the Oikos house. We went on a boat on the Viking line. We got on a crazy yes. huge big ship and we went to this country that I am just fascinated about, Estonia. Estonia. We went to Estonia. There's a town there called Tallinn. Can the you capital just, city. Yeah, so that's the capital of Estonia. So it's basically on the south side of the Baltic Sea from Helsinki. About two and a half hours right. away. So you get on a boat and you go about two and a half hours. Uh, it's extremely windy and freezing when you step outside. So I yeah, stayed on the inside in the most of the time. Yeah. So we're here in the middle of winter. Mm. It's funny because it's such a warm winter. and yet, Yeah, it is. Um that's funny that you guys say that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm freezing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's such a warm winter. I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. That's, at this, that's, like at this time of the year, usually it's like super snowy and, and very cold. But at the moment, like. You can actually yeah, see the, the water. Yeah. And there's barely snow. There's barely it's, ice. It's still cold. I want you to know. You yeah, might yeah, not think it not, is. Yeah, it's I still bet, very cold. I bet, I bet. <laughs> but I was just reading the forecast and it seems that for March, it's going to become like much more cold. And much more snowy. So oh. they were they were predicting that the freezing March is approaching. Freezing but who knows March. about that? So let's talk about Estonia here. We yeah. went to Tallinn, which is the capital. Uh, how how big is Estonia? Estonia is about one point three million people at the moment. I think uh, maybe approaching one point four. Okay. And what about the the size, the land size? It's like two thirds of the size of Tasmania. Perfect example. So it's basically. It's not quite as big as Tasmania. No. And there's one point, let's say four million people yeah. that live in Estonia. 
What do they speak in Estonia? Estonian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but so, it's actually and the our, people there are Estonian. Yeah. So the Estonians speak Estonian in Yeah, I Estonia. mean, there's many, uh, many ethnic groups, of course, but the, but the biggest group are the Estonians who speak Estonian. <laughs> Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Now, and, but most, I, I would see a lot of people do speak Finnish and English is common as well, too. Yeah. 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 And also Finnish and Estonian are related, like by language. And I, of course, ethnicity also but like the language is similar okay so they're a similar language so yeah. essentially extremely hard to speak yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> for that some would, of us yeah, that would be that would be the way to describe it okay now kind of run us through i want to talk about the church yes in estonia because we we did a little research yes we did when I, when we arrived in Tallinn, the capital city there it looks like there's churches everywhere yeah. like there's these old everything is really old and beautiful why why is it so old and beautiful well, I guess it has been an important city for for several hundred years, and and um, but I most think, of the most cities in Europe don't have those kind of old buildings, and that's what was really fascinating to me. I was like, why are there so many old, pristine buildings? It seems that it seems so that the, um, Tallinn was very spared in the Second World War from from bombings. For example, I think Helsinki, which is the capital city of Finland, was was bombed much heavier and many other Finnish cities as well. I'm not exactly sure why Tallinn wasn't bombed as hardly as many other cities were, but now you did if I'm not mistaken, you did tell me that Estonia, if if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong about this, but Estonia it, it's a it's is it a Protestant nation? It was like one of the only Protestant nations that fell to Russia, is that correct? So what I how I understood it when I've been studying this um, is that, well, it was first Catholic, so Catholicism or Christianity came there on the 13th century. And then when the Reformation came, then it became predominantly Lutheran slash Protestant, but again, like just mainly main Lutheran. And um, and uh, before the World War, um, the whole country was, like I, I would say, the most Protestant country out of all of those countries that the Soviet Union occupied during the Second World War or before and during the Second World War. So it was like really Protestant compared to, for example, um, like many other countries in the Eastern Bloc. Although Baltic countries like Latvia uh, was like, it, that was pretty Lutheran, but Lithuania on the other hand, like it was very Catholic before the, the, the Soviets came. But yeah, Estonia was really Protestant until, until the, until Soviet Union. Okay, so we have an extremely Protestant country before World War II. Now, it doesn't seem that Christian anymore. In no. fact, it it is maybe the least Christian place that I'm seeing. Yeah. What, what happened? Many people say that it is the most irreligious country in the world at the moment. Um Based on so the, irreligious, the, irreligious, yeah, irreligious. So it's yeah, like but I want to make no it, religion. Uh, yeah, but I want to make a separation. Irreligious doesn't mean in this context necessarily atheist. It just means that people don't belong into any sort of religious institution or they don't have their membership in any 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 such group. So they're just not connected to a religious organization. Yeah, they're not connected to religious organizations, but uh, they still might be somewhat spiritual. Although there is a big portion of the population that claim to be atheist too, but but still like irreligious in this context doesn't mean only the atheist. Well, actually, what made me even a little bit more like almost I, don't, I wouldn't say weirded out, but definitely kind of fascinated 
it's very spiritual. Uh, yeah. You you were kind of talking about uh, earlier about some neo paganism. Yeah. What what's going on with that? Well, I guess before we go into that, like it would be maybe imp- important to note what the Soviet regime did in 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 Estonia. So it seems so that especially Lutheranism suffered much during the Soviet reign in in the, in the Baltic countries. So. For example, I was checking up that in Estonia, Lutheranism is basically vanished, and and you could tell that Protestantism is is on the verge of extinct extinction in in Estonia. So it's just disappearing. It's disappearing, and same thing in Latvia. Latvia is though like they, they are more religious in Latvia, but it also there is the same trend going on. So the, the amount of Protestants is is definitely decreasing, and um, and yeah, but but in Estonia you can see that the over like overall Christianity is like going downhill. But so, so there, I think after Soviet Union, there's been this vacuum because, uh, vacuum of religious influence because, um, when the Soviet Union, uh, was uh, ruling in, in Estonia, it was like, it was atheistic. So, um, after that, a lot of the families who were more religious before, uh, lost all of these religious traditions. And by the time when Soviet Union collapsed, there was pretty much like most of the religious influence had been disappearing. So there was this vacuum. And so now there is no state church and Protestants are disappearing. Christians are disappearing slowly, but surely. And so now there's a new rise of neo-paganism. It would be hard to define exactly how big it is, but it fits sort of the trend of the Northern Europe anyways, because all over, all around the Northern Europe, neo-paganism is on a big rise. But there is something specific about like the neo-paganism in Finland and, and Estonia, because I guess like the Nordic mythology is like very famous and everybody knows about the Vikings. But then, then like in, in Finland and in Estonia, there are very specific ethnic mythologies that are just like, exclusive for Finns and for, for Estonians. So in Finland and Estonia, we can see this trend that these like local ethnic uh, pre-Christian traditions are getting this like renaissance and people are kind of getting back into those. So we're having like a renaissance of neo-paganism because of yeah. the Finnish-Estonian mythological traditions. Yeah, they are not the same tradition. There, is, there are similarities, but they are like distinctive from each other anyways. So, so in these countries, and this is what's really fascinating to me, the, like, there's not a lot of Christians. No. How, do we know how many Christians are? Um, yes, we do. I think it was somewhere around three, 300,000, maybe at this point. But at the same time, the amount of people who define as irreligious or they don't have any, like, they're not attached to any religious organization, like, their amount has increased by about 200,000 people in the last 20 years. So, so, so irreligious and, but the population has stayed the same. Yeah. And irreligious has the same. increased by 200,000. Yeah, that's right. And meanwhile, the number of Christians has started decreasing. Uh, now it's actually less than 300,000. I remember. So it was wow. like, it was before, like more than 20 years ago, it was like about like maybe 320,000, but now it's like under 300,000. So I, I guess what is really fascinating to me is, we, you know, in Australia, we think about mission fields and we yeah. think about as Christians going and sharing oh, the gospel yeah. with people. And yet this 
little section of Northern Europe yeah. is kind of forgotten about. It's very, uh, it's very secular. It's very almost atheistic. Now I know the better term is irreligious. Yeah. This is a real mission field. And Absolutely. There's, and I think there's less than a thousand Adventists. Oh yeah, in, 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 each in Estonia. Of each, yeah, and also not only in Estonia, but also in I believe in Latvia and Lithuania as well. So all the Baltic states. Are, yeah, but are also like the this. membership in all of those churches is also decreasing at the moment. And to take an example from the Lutheran Church, the Lutheran Church lost about fifty percent of their of their um, membership in the past twenty years. So, for a person who's thinking about, hey, I want to be a missionary. I want to go and share the gospel with people. I want to go and to a place that doesn't have lots of Christians, Estonia is a very realistic, very real mission field. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I would say, well, I can't speak on behalf of the whole Northern Europe, but I would say in the Baltic countries, um, like one of the, one of the forms of Christianity that is on the rise is Eastern Orthodoxy, but it is not on the rise because of conversions into it, but it's more on the rise like in certain, in specific countries because of immigration. So I wouldn't say, I mean, of course, probably there are more, like more and more people like from time to time who, who, who are converted into Christianity, but it seems more that now like the, like the statistics are growing in some, some denominations mainly because of, of immigration, which means that there is not necessarily active evangelism or like reaching out. So like in total, the numbers are going down, but then some stats might give you this distortion. Oh, like actually it's going up there, but it's not really the case. Super fascinating stuff, Mikhail. I want to get more into this and we're going to have you back on the radio show a couple more times this week as well, too. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.